Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. you whatever you walked in with, you can choose whether you're going to leave it or you're going to take it home. If you came in and you're depressed, um, you can actually leave it here. Uh, if you came in sick, you can leave it here. Uh, if you came in with no friends, no, you don't. Have, uh, you can leave with a friend. But see, the the beauty with the presence of God is, He never comes to you and leaves you the way you are. That's not God. Anytime you feel like God wants me to stay a little bit longer in my sickness, that isn't God. If you feel like God's using depression to teach you about peace, that isn't God. If you're living in a one-bedroom apartment and you're thinking, oh, gee, I'd love a second study and you feel like, I don't think God wants to do that, that isn't God. Our God is huge. Our God is awesome. You know what, something? If there's nothing small about God, then there shouldn't be anything small about us. Okay, so you need to make a choice that you're going to leave stuff today. I'm going to keep doing this until you agree with me. I'm into agreement. See, the thing is, this isn't my sermon, but we've been taught to think, well, okay, God, if it is your will, then remove it. So you sit in there with an if. God says, I've answered the if. I don't have an if. There is no if in heaven. So God also said this, it's your choice. Father, right now, we're going to make a decision. We make a really good decision that we're going to leave everything that is not of you. We're going to leave it behind today. And God, we are on an accelerated path right now. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team, for a little while. Have a rest. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I've got some really good news. We've, we've got, um, I was just talking to Pastor Phil Kennedy from Charlotte Church in Brisbane, one of the most happening churches in Australia. He's been involved with... Uh, he started his life in, as a record producer. He's produced Hillsong stuff like that. He's got the most happening church in Australia at present. And we've got him here on the 2nd of May. Yeah. Yeah, now, you only get the best preachers here. Some of you were laughing when I said that. You know, today... God's going to do something amazing in your life. Let me just share something. This is before, we, before I get to preach. Let me just put a foundation in for you. Something about God. God always finishes a thing before he starts a thing. Something about, see, God never does this. He never goes, I'm going to start with this and I hope it will develop. If I get a committee, if I do something, then, hey, maybe we can make something. This is the way God works. This is your father. Your father does this. He finishes something 
and he goes, it's finished, it's perfect, and then he starts it. So God never starts something and then goes, I wonder how he's going to finish it. He always finishes things. You'll find this in, in Isaiah 46 verse 10. So this means like this. Now watch this. So when God sees you, he sees you as already finished, not a good process. So when God looks at you, you might think, but this is wrong with me, this is wrong with me, this is wrong with me, this is wrong with me. And if I change some of this, then God will change towards me. Here's the good news. Before God created you, he finished you. So already within your heart and within your mind, you're finished. Watch this. When you become born again, it's a finished work. What were Jesus' last words? It is finished. He never said is. It is the beginning of a process to get you better. When he said it is finished, one of the amazing things that happened is that God said to this, now the finished work that I have done for you, that man messed up, is now already it's going to be put back into process with your life. So this means this, doesn't matter how many failures you get, doesn't matter how many bad decisions you make, you are still finished. You okay? Because we, we've got this mentality that I am a work in progress. The only thing that is in progress is your thinking is catching up with who you really are. The progress is in your mind, not in your spirit. So your mind is catching up with the finish. So God finishes and then he starts it. Now watch this. So when God created Adam, he said this, the source of you building and succeeding is because I am going to bless you. So God gave him a command and then he blessed him. See, what God did first, he says, be fruitful and? But then he said to this, the only way you can do that is by my blessing. So God never said this, be fruitful and multiply, get a good education, get some influential friends, get a lot of money, do this, do this, and then you will be. God says this, whatever I command you, I give you the grace to do. Yeah. See, religion flips it around. Religion says this, if I am good, then God loves me. God says this, even if you're bad, I still love you. How many of you got kids? How many of you wanted to trade your kids in? <laughs> See, you know, you know we, we say things like that. If you're really good, then mommy will love you. If you're really good, daddy will love you. It doesn't, the kingdom of God doesn't work like that. So what happens is this, is God... Because he says, I have got you finished. And for you to reach what I have designed for you, you're going to have to be blessed. You're going to have to be blessed. So when Adam fell, there was a new culture introduced. What happened when Adam fell? Watch this. 
the possible became impossible. When Adam fell, do you realize, now watch this. When Adam was in the garden, he didn't know the word impossible. He didn't know the word guilt. He didn't know it's going to take a long time for this to happen. He didn't know any of that. So when Adam fell, the impossible was no, became his life. So what he knew I could do in a moment's time, I can't do that. When he fell, the rich became poor. The sick became, sorry, the healthy became sick. The peaceful became depressed. People of fellowship became lonely. Everything was reversed. And what was reversed, it was the polar opposite of what God had given them. So now, now watch this. That kind of lifestyle, the impossible lifestyle, the sick lifestyle, the poor lifestyle is the nature of a new kingdom, and that's called the satanic kingdom. And within this kingdom, there is an education, and the education is this. Now, for Adam and Eve, they came for all things are possible, because I am under a blessing. And he steps out of that, and now... The one that got him out of the kingdom is now educating him how to live in his kingdom. You, you see, you've got to understand, Adam never went to school. Eve never went to school. They were perfect. Their mind, their soul, their spirit, and their body was in complete unison to each other. There was no inner conflict. There was no, oh, what's happening here? Am I this? Am I that? Am I good? Am I not? They were in complete synergy with God. Let me show you something. You, you good? How was Adam to build the garden? Have you ever thought of that? How? God said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. Now, because you're, you came Sunday morning, and for those listening, that you, you're still in bed. Why are you still in bed? We've got some seats for you, okay? Now, well, now watch this. God said, I want you to extend the Garden of Eden. How did God first make the garden? He spoke. You, you good? When God made the garden, he said, let it be, let it be. God worked with words. So when he gave Adam, he says, I want, you to, I want you to be blessed. I want you to extend my kingdom. Do you know what God was saying to him? The way you build is how you speak. And how you speak is a reflection of how you think. And how you think is a reflection of what you believe. So when God put Adam and Eve, how do I extend the next part of the garden? More trees, more flowers, more people that look like Ted and Sylvie. See, God said it to this, your work 
comes from your speech, not from your self-effort. So when Adam fell, guess what? He said, I have to now work by the sweat of my. So all of a sudden, what we have is I would live by my speaking. I would live by my believing. I would live by my thoughts and actions in complete unison to what God has pre-planned for me. To now I've got to have self-effort, self-effort, self-effort. So what Satan does is watch this. He teaches you how to live without God. So over here, Adam knows. Now, now watch this. Every, I haven't met a person that goes, I wish I was poor. I wish I was sick. I wish I was depressed. I wish I didn't live in Australia. Why can't I just live in a hole in the ground somewhere? No one thinks like that. Isn't it amazing? What, if you, if, whatever you get into, any advertisement, what's all the advertisement? How you can live healthier, correct? You never have a doctor that comes up to you and says, hey, I want to just show you how you can be sick and be happy. Everything inside of us wants the essence of what was already written about us. See, when Adam fell, he still had a residue. And that residue was this. And you can hear it in today's language. I am better than this. How many of you ever woke up in the morning and you said, there's got to be more to life than getting up and working for a boss you don't like? Mate, some of you are not putting your hand up because your boss could be here. <laughs> I get that. Secretly, just stick it up. But you see, in us, there are times when we look at, you can even see, watch this. People go, are you sure, Ted? If you, want, if you don't believe me, go to our children's department, go anywhere and give a child a stick. What does he do? It becomes a sword. He becomes Darth Vader. I mean, the imagination in the kids, right? You, you, you see them on the guitar and you see kids down the back playing air guitar. Why? Because there's something in them that says there's something more. And with children, they have this uh, amazing ability to imagine. But as they get older, we teach them to leave your imagination behind, get an education. Isn't it amazing that some of the most brilliant creativity that's happened in man were done with people that they thought they had dyslexia or they couldn't do this? Albert Einstein was told this. You know what? You know what? They were, the teacher of the school that they were putting in went to Albert Einstein's parents and said, look, Mr. and Mrs. Stein, um, you're wasting your money with this child. He's dumb. He would be better suited to physical labor than studying. He will never, ever be anything. But the only problem was Albert didn't understand what they were saying. And he took what was inside of him and the education caught up. You know when they asked him, watch this, now watch this. You know when they asked him, how did you, how did you get the formula for gravity? For, and he goes, easy. He goes, I imagined it. And then after I imagined it, then I put a formula to it. Think about that. That's the creativity that is inside. So, so what happens now is that things have fallen. 
now Satan is saying, I want you to learn to live without God. I want you to learn to live without blessing. I want you to learn and manage. Now watch this. People go, it's called pain management. And pain management is both physical and emotional. How do you manage guilt? How do you manage loss? How do you manage hurt? How do you manage that somebody's hurt you? How do you manage loss? How do you manage losing a house? How do you manage losing a friend? How do you imagine losing a job? How do you manage it? And we learn to manage it. One of the, the, one of the way we manage it is we can use substance to dumben our feelings. But the only problem is this. And watch this. Anything on the earth, when I'm talking now, is now that's done, we're no, we are no longer in the realm of possibility. We are in the realm of impossibility. Everything that you try to do to fix yourself up has a use-by date. You can get drunk, but in the morning you'll get sober. At night you can go to sleep, but there's got an alarm clock. So therefore... How do you like my introduction so far? It's a good introduction. I, I love this. I'm going to watch this myself. Now, so Satan comes and introduces it. Now, watch this. That's why Cain had a different sacrifice to Abel. He, God said to both of them, he says, if you want to be righteous in my sight, there has to be an innocent blood of the lamb, and then I will remove and I will cover your sin. What does, what, what does Cain do? He goes in. Well, how can I do this without God? Because God says the only thing that covers is blood. Well, if I don't want to do that, what's another way? Vegetables. <laughs> if you're a vegetarian, I apologize for what I'm just about to say. You know, you've got, you've got now people saying that you shouldn't eat meat, so they're making synthetic meat. If I want to eat synthetic meat, I'll chew on a carrot. See, see, see what happens is this, is that Cain substitutes and he goes, I want to be right my own way. How can I be right without doing it like God? Vegetables. And God says, I'm not into vegetables. I believe in heaven, we're going to eat meat. <laughs> People go, can you prove it? Of course I can prove it. Think about this. When Jesus died and rose from the dead, he had, he, the disciples were, uh, what's his name? The disciples were uh, fishing. So what did he say to them? Hey, come over. I'm cooking some fish. It's fish and chips. <laughs> you know, he didn't say, hey, I've got a synthetic fish for you. Now, I'm not a... <laughs> If you're going to send emails, send it to Pastor Victor. Ah. Now, now so, watch so over here we are taught how do we manage, how do we do that. Then once we are taught that, then there is a system that structures it or supports what has been taught. So first is an introduction, is how do we do it without God? Second is put a structure around you that reinforces that you don't need God and you can do it without God. So there's this structure. So if you are feeling hemmed in, it's a spiritual thing. When you feel something is impossible, it's a spiritual thing. If you feel that you will not be blessed, it is a spiritual thing. 
you need to understand this so precisely that wealth is a spiritual thing that has a manifestation on earth. Would you like me to repeat that? If you haven't got the belief system of God that says God's going to provide for me, when you have that, then you can move and God says, the reason I have this is because I've got it in the inside. Is whatever your spirit sees, your body will manifest. You okay? Let's take it down a little. When I look at our marriage, right? Uh, Sul and I got a great marriage. And uh, <laughs> it's not because of me. It is because I see our marriage through Jesus and when I see my marriage to, through Jesus, then I treat Suva like Jesus would treat her. So what it is, is when I look at our marriage, I see it, through the, I see it in the spirit. Because the Bible says the two, you become one. So when I can see a marriage that is in Christ, and I, that is my belief system, that everything around me that I create is going to come out of that belief system. It works the same with wealth. It so when I see something, then I can have something. Isn't it amazing? The Bible says you've got eyes, but you can't see. You've got ears, but you can't hear. What he's saying there is I see things. You see things. You see potential in people. You see creativity in people. It's something that you see. See, the, blind, the worst form of blindness is not seeing things in the spirit, not in the natural. That is why, Ted, you seem to be harping on this. The reason is this, is because we were created in the spiritual realm where what we speak happens and we've dropped into the natural realm where we are working for it. So when Jesus says this, I want you to enter by a narrow way. See, I always thought, how many of you have, when somebody wanted to, insult you use this insult you're so narrow-minded i remember you know witnessing to people he goes are you christians you're so narrow-minded so when we think about narrow we think that there is about, there is 10 opportunities but we've only narrowed it down to one so when you think narrow-minded people you start to think of yourself that there is only so many things. So narrow-minded means is I'm going to miss out. You know, I, I, I mentioned before, just witnessing to one of my friends, and, and he said this to me. He goes, Ted, I, I like Jesus. I like everything you're saying, but um, if I give my life to Jesus, I'm going to have to give up so much. I'm going to have to give up this, 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 this. And now I, I get it. What he's saying is this. I'm thinking it from one level, and one level is without God. And if God comes in, it's going to spoil everything here. But when you start to see when God said the narrow way, it is one of the most freeing things that will ever happen to you. When God says it's narrow, I love this picture, is this. Is the closer you get to God, 
You can't bring all the stuff that you've learned down on this level. So when God says, I am the narrow way, he's saying this, that you've got to go into the narrow gate is because what you have learned to get what you want is not going to work. It doesn't work. So when God says something is narrow, what he's targeting is all the things that are stopping you getting your blessing. You know when people tell me, oh, God's angry with sin, God's angry with that. Do you know what God's really angry with? Is that he gave you a blessing and you are sabotaging yourself and others are sabotaging it and he, teaching is sabotaging it. See, it's a different kind of concept. People are saying, oh, does God want me blessed? It's the other way around. The Bible says, when he looked at the children of Israel and they refused to get into the blessing, God says, I am ticked off at you. Why was he ticked off? Because I set such an amazing, extraordinary life and you're choosing to live on a low level when you are designed for a higher level. You are designed by God to be healthy and wealthy, prosperous, enjoying life, creative. You are designed to live by faith and not by sight. That is your initial destination. That is where God created you. And when God says this, I've got a narrow way, what He's doing is this. He is shortening down the things that are stopping you and expanding the things that can do this. Now, let's watch this. Enter through the narrow gate because wide the gate and broad the path is the way that leads to destruction. Nearly everyone chooses that. Crowded road, the narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life. So few of them find it. If you, now watch this carefully. He's got that few of you find it. Why is it hard to find? The reason it's hard to find is because we are using other methods to try to get blessed. God comes in and he says this, broad is the path. What he's saying is this, in this realm, there are so many ways for you to destroy yourself. Do you realize how many drugs there are on the globe today that destroy your life? Do you realize how many bad relationships there are? It's, it's hundreds. And here's something that's really amazing. God is saying, hey, you are choosing the wrong way. He says, enter through the narrow gate. Now listen to this. Let's talk about the gate. When you're coming, God says narrow is the road that leads to a gate. What's this gate? Listen to this. I actually had to pull over in the car. I've, I've got this translation playing on the, in the car. And, um, I, and I, I heard this verse, so I had to pull over. And I checked it and I thought it was, it was a, I must have misheard it. And look, look, look what he says. This is the gate. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Now watch this. Okay, now. Every time you hear when God says about the truth, it means it cannot change by interpretation nor can it change by going into a different culture, nor can it change by anybody's misinterpretation. It is always the same. Now watch this. I tell you the truth. You will see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down of the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. 
Where were you originally created? You were originally created in heaven. That is where God made you perfect. That is the original mandate. See, when you understand this, then you understand what the word repentance means. See, the word repentance means to go back to the original. Original what? Original when you had a good patch in your life? On original when you had a good relationship in your life? God says this, when the word repentance opens up heaven and you enter through and you get to be where you are designed to be and you get the fullness of it. So the Bible tells us, in, I forgot who wrote it, uh, but when I wasn't going so well with God, I used to think stay away to heaven. I think it was eagles. I thought, oh, gee, I wonder if we could change it. You know, he's building a stairway to heaven. Then I realized God already had it. The eagles copied the Bible. I think, we should, I think they should pray royalties to the church. So you just watch this. So God says, narrow is the gate. Now, why is he saying that? Every other gate never can open up heaven. No gate, no plan, no self-help can open up heaven. See, when you're coming to a narrow gate, you know what God's saying? This gate is so narrow, it doesn't allow self-effort. It doesn't allow for a merit system. In other words, if I get so many good points with God, then God will bless me. When you start, when God does this narrow part, is you start with all of these options, and you, but I'm, 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 a, I'm a seeker. So you start seeking God, and it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter, and you get, man, I can hardly squeeze through it, and God's that is good. Because all of the things that cannot squeeze through are the things that have been stopping you. Not God. It wasn't God's putting up roadblocks to stop you. It was all to do with God saying to Jesus, when you come to me, I am the doorway to heaven. Every other door will take you up the stairs. You will fall down and go up and down, up and down. That is the frustration, ladies and gentlemen. That is why Jesus, on the last day of the festival, he stood up and he cried out. You know what's really interesting? When you, when you read the Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Jesus preaching, it never says that he cried out. He preached. This is the only time that he stood up and his voice was heard above all the noise. And what did he cry out? Come to me, all you who are weary. Why is the weariness? Why are you so weary? Is because you've been knocking at the right door. When you come to the right door, what does the Bible say? Knock and it shall be. The only, if the door isn't opening, maybe you've got the wrong door. Maybe it's not heaven's door, maybe it's the other door. But you go, well, if it's the other door, I would open it. No, Jesus is closing the other door for you. Aren't you glad? That when you wanted to destroy your life, God locked the door. Uh, he, he did it for me. I, re, I remember one time I, I, I took a stupid pill. Anybody here ever taken a stupid pill? 
I, I was, I, I was in, a, in a really, wasn't in a good, good place. I, 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 I wanted, you know, I, I wanted God, but I also loved life. I was into doing up cars and surfing. And I was with my mates, and I really, 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 really wanted to fit in. They were, I, I'm there, and they're always going, something's different about you. No, there isn't. So, and then they all were going down the pub to get drunk. So I decided, okay, I'm going to get drunk. Well, I keep drinking and nothing's happening to me. The only thing that's happening, I'm going to loo a lot. And I'm going, wow. <laughs> Man, I'll, 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 I'll get my own cubicle, Ted's cubicle, don't touch. I'm coming back. You know, and, 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 you know, and then we had so much to drink, nothing was happening. Then they all had chips. <laughs> then something churned in them. And what came in came out. I remember getting into my tent so ticked off with God. I said, God, I can't, I, I'm, I can't even get drunk. What's wrong with me? And you know what God would say to me? Ted, I'm God. I close the door because I know what happens. See, there are times that you think you've had closed doors and, and you think it's God. If you were knocking on the wrong door. God locked it for your behalf. The only way you can get through a locked door is to do damage to the door. Trespass. Okay, from now on, if Jesus doesn't answer the door, don't go in. Okay, now watch this. So enter by the narrow path. It's the way to heaven. Now watch this. Watch this. We're going to come in for a close. Look at Psalm 118.5. Push the wall. I call. Push to the wall. I call to God. From the wide open space, he answered. God's now at my side. I am not afraid. Now watch this. You come to a narrow door. And God is on the other side and it is a wide space, not a narrow space. You good? We'll deal with this during the year. Most people think that God only answers their needs, not their wants. That's narrow. God says, I want to meet your needs and I also want to give you your desires. Hello. Uh, we'll deal with that. But see, what happens is this. It is the psalmist says, I come, I could hardly squeeze through. It is so tight, but God is on the other side and it's a wide space. It's an eternal space. Now watch this, it gets even better. Look at this, Psalm 118, 19. He brought me out into a spacious place he rescued me before he delighted in me guess what this you you can hardly squeeze through but once you squeeze through you get to a wide space it is absolutely amazing church just think about this you 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 come over here and now, because you squeeze through the door, guess what? You know what was squeezed out of you? The impossible. You come into God's kingdom and you go, all things are possible to him who? Come on, all things are possible to him who? So all of a sudden, you felt hemmed in. You feel like, oh, God, 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 God. And you squeeze through. And now, you know what, you know what doesn't fit through the door? Sickness doesn't fit through the door. 
Depression doesn't fit through the door. Poverty doesn't fit through the door. Lack of opportunities don't fit the door. You know what happens? I come to the door with all of my missed opportunity. How many of you heard this comment? Opportunity only knocks once. Man, I hated that comment. But then I realized when I squeezed through that every opportunity that I lost is given back to me plus more. I'm here to tell some of you, you really need to know that. If you look back in your life of lost opportunities, God is saying to you, if you squeeze through where I'm the only door, if you come through me, not only will I give you the opportunities that you've lost, but I'll give you more. Okay, now it gets even better. Listen to this. This is your invitation now. Swing wide the gates of righteousness and let me pass through. He's talking now. Look at the language that he's talking. He's talking, you're squeezing through. Now, come on, I, I'm, I'm invited into the wide space. And I will enter into God's presence to worship only Him. Why only Him? Because He's the only one that can restore to you what He has written about you. He's the only one that can restore to you what was written about you. I found the gateway to God. Oh, the pathway to His presence for all the devoted lovers. I will offer all my loving praise to you and thank you so much for answering my prayer that brings salvation. As we just come into a close now, we'll finish this off next week. The word salvation touches your spirit, your soul, your body, your finances, your health, your family, lost opportunities, creativity. It touches everything. The word salvation is this, ladies and gentlemen, where God takes you back to the original and He says, now you can have everything that you have lost and I'll put you back some of you might do say this, but Ted, you know what? I'm getting on a little bit. That's fine. But watch this. One day, one day, so one day to the Lord is as a thousand years to us, correct? And as thousand years is one day. Do you know what that means? What would have taken you a thousand years to get under the presence of God? You can have it in one day. Hey, just think about it like this. Just think if you were saving money. And somebody gave you some really good advice about money when you were a kid and you started saving all your life. And now you're turning 110 and you want to cash it in. And you go, wow. And people can say, isn't that amazing? But, you know, you've got all that money because you saved and compound interest and all of that. And you go, yeah. But then you could do this. But, you know, I was brought up in a poor family. No one ever gave me financial advice. No one ever did this, this, and this. And then God says, okay, that's fine. You've lost all the opportunities. But what I can do in one day, it's taken somebody 90 years, I can do that for you. Why? Because what's impossible down this level is possible on this level. Think about this. When Jesus made water into wine, He destroyed a whole process of maybe 10 years. He did in 10, what would take 10 years to crop and do that, Jesus says, I speak to water, becomes wine. So I'm here to tell you, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. 
don't lose hope. Squeeze through. Let everything that you are depending on that is not anchored in the finished work of Jesus, let it go. Let it go. You say I can't do that. No, 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 no. no. See, when I squeeze through, I lost your influence. But my heritage is this. My dad was this. My mom was this. Ah, that sickness is in there. Yeah, it's true. But when I squeeze through, my old heritage left and my new heritage is in me. You see, ladies and gentlemen, this is how good it is. You go, oh, oh, yeah, Pastor Ted, it's, it's a bit too good to be true. Yeah, it is. Because what's normal in heaven sounds exaggerated on earth. When you get a Holy Spirit-filled man, Holy Spirit woman, that will never do this. They'll never say the Bible's too good to be true. You know why? Because they're living in a realm that understands it. I'm going to, yeah, come on. Yeah, clap. That's my team. I want to pray for you. Why don't you decide, I'm going to, I want to get squeezed. I want to get squeezed, God. God, I want to get squeezed from all my self-effort, from my heritage. I want to get squeezed from lost opportunities. I, I, I want to go through this narrow gate where it's only Jesus. Just look at me for one second. Did you realize that the last verse in Revelations says, Now grace be unto you. Think about this. I am the Alpha, the Omega. How did He finish you? He says, grace, undeserved, unmerited favor. I'm going to give you everything that you have get the ability to do. I'm, that's how I finish you. I finish you by giving you everything that this level cannot produce. Come on. Father, wow. God, our, our soul is speechless, but our spirit is alive. Father, our soul's going, this is just too good to be true. It can't be that good, nor can it be that easy. But your spirit is going, yeah, this is what I'm born for. I'm born in heavenly realm. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just speak this over all of our church. Father, I speak to all those that are listening that, Father, right now that we would squeeze through and enter in. Jesus, you're the stairway to heaven because you want to bring heaven down to earth. So, Father, I pray for every single person that they would have an encounter with you, that the power of the living God would just rest heavily upon them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand.